On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. and everybody welcome inside episode 819 of the tall can audio podcast my name is matt robinson with you in our studios in beautiful by town canada we are on twitter and instagram at tall can audio and i hope you'll subscribe wherever you're listening right now uh we had some good feedback the last time we did this so uh, i was anxious to do it again with this week being a ufc fight week ufc 261 goes saturday night Happy to have back on the show a couple of the boys over at TSN 1200. Graham Creech and Steve Bunder are here. Creech, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing terrific. Thanks uh, Thanks for having us back on. Yeah, last time was fun. Good to know that there was some good feedback and looking forward to uh, another solid card this weekend. Bunda, what are you saying tonight? Yeah, well, I know why I'm good and I know why we had some good feedback because I'm sure Bonnie listened and gave us all thumbs up. <laughs> My mom is always our biggest supporter, guys. Right on. That's true. <laughs> um, is Mama craft beer woman? Is that? Uh... She's not. No, okay. she got me a lot of craft beer uh, uh, for the last uh, my birthday over the weekend, and I'm enjoying some interesting one tonight. I've never tried it before, and I'm actually going to give you guys the honor of watching me take my first sip. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate that. Uh, you are into your 30s now, right? You're on the wrong side of this thing. I just uh, just turned 30 yeah. uh, last week, so yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, in my 31st year, look out, look out. Um, all right. Well, we're, we're looking forward to, to, you know, to enjoying this, uh, this beverage with you. Why don't you kick us off Bunda? What are you sipping on tonight? So I, uh, found in there a nice all day IPA from founders. It's a session ale. Um, it's brewed in the United States. It says in uh, grand rapids, I've never tried it before. The best before date says uh, December 11th, 2021, so it is still good. <laughs> um, so I, you know what? I'm looking forward to getting into that. I've never, uh, don't even know if I've ever heard of Founders before. I think Chris said he had, and he has a buddy that's tried it before, and I'm going to give a nice squig right now. And 
And what's the verdict? We happy with that? Yeah. You know what? It's not so bad. Okay. Yeah. It's actually pretty good. I love how on the can it says uh, 14 or 42 IBUs. It's one pint, uh, 4.7. So a little bit on the lighter side for an IPA. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, what do you got going on tonight, Creech? I am drinking uh, a Burdock. It's called Three, and it's uh, they're like farmhouse ale uh, saison. And I've had this is the second second three that I've had, uh, and I love it. I yeah, it's it's really easy to drink. I could picture myself drinking these uh, as the summer or as the we- the weather gets a little bit warmer. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just, I kind of just ordered from Burdock, which is a Toronto brewery, um, for the first time within the last week or two and very impressed with everything that I've sampled so far. Are they new? Do you know? I, I'm not sure I'm familiar with them. I don't know a ton about them. Yeah. Um, I, I have a group of buddies throughout the last year. We've just been ordering from places all over Ontario and, mm-hmm. um, a couple of them have spent some years in Toronto. So they, they were aware of it and, uh. And yeah, so they, they, I had no, I hadn't even heard of them, but I uh, did an order and, and I'm loving it. Yeah. Okay. So I got to be honest with you guys and uh, you probably aren't aware um, that we had a, a sweet keg fridge here in the studio leading into, well, for the last several mm-hmm. years. And then literally like three weeks into the pandemic, it bit the dust and all of a sudden, like oh, I had just, timing. exactly. I had just bought a brand new keg. I know the guys over at uh, Vimy Brewing. I love those guys. And to me, uh, their stout, the Vimy stout is the best stout in Ottawa. So I just bought a keg and I'm like, I'm good. I don't have to worry about beer for a while. That's one less thing that I'm going to have to go out and get. And then like, yeah, immediately afterwards, the fridge just dies. And so I'm like running around everybody I know in my neighborhood, like the Easter bunny leaving containers of stout on their front porch. And, uh, it took a long time, finally got a new keg fridge installed in the studio and it's, it's being an asshole. It's just, it's been a pain (laughs) to try and get the pressure just right on the CO2 tank. Uh, having a hard time, went right back to Vimy, right back to the stout. That's what I wanted. And, uh, the beer as always is great, but the fridge is just, it's been a nightmare getting up and running. So we're avoiding that tonight because I'm still tinkering. Uh, so I am back to one of my favorites. It's something I've had in keg form in the studio before, but, uh, we've got it in the can tonight. This is, and it's all over in the LCBO now. Love to see these guys growing. This is the Broadhead Amber. And I really like this one. I've had it a bunch of times. They make a really nice beer. So I'm going with the Broadhead Amber today because I can't drink out of this keg that I have sitting right here, not not 20 feet from me in the studio. So what are you going to end up doing with this keg then? I think what's going to happen, because time's passing, right? They're only good for so long. I may have to like move it down to the parking lot behind my condo here and just whoever swings by is going to be getting going to be getting Vimy Stout, so we'll uh, we'll send you boys the address because I may need some help draining this thing. <laughs> well, oh, I'm man. always down. Yeah, uh, no. Parking lot party. Exactly. I, could fig- I figured I could count on you guys. Uh, we're going to talk about UFC 261 here because to me, this is one of the better looking cards that we've seen. And, and I think we talked about this the last time you guys were on and, and that was just before 259, if I'm not mistaken. There's a string here of several UFC shows that looked really stacked. And 
you know, I, I didn't want to commit to doing this every single time they had a good looking card, but this one looks great. So we're going to get to that in a second, but I have to start with, and Creech, you've, I know where you're going. Yeah, no, I'm very disappointed <laughs> in you here. Um, but we'll allow you to defend yourself. I want to start with what happened last Saturday up against UFC fight night, Vegas, 24, um, Whitaker, uh, Whitaker versus Gostelum, which turned out to be just a, a clinic by, by Whitaker. But at the same time that this is happening, Jake Paul is fighting Ben Askren. He of the recent hip replacement and like, I, I'm going to let Creech lead us off here. Cause I know you watched this thing. It reminded me, and and you can tell me if I'm out of line, because maybe I'm just a guy who hates fun. You wouldn't be the first guy to tell me that, that that's what I, what's happening here. This looked to me like that mid-2000s celebrity boxing. Remember that gong show that was on network TV for a little while? You, you took this thing down live. I'm going to let you kick us off, Creech. What was this thing? And... and I'm clearly the one out to lunch. This did unbelievable numbers. I think so, it made like 75 million or something. Yeah. And, and it like in terms of ways of measuring these things, like it, 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 Google trends and Google searches, like it smashed and people can laugh, but it smashed WrestleMania, right? It smashed anything kind of mixed martial arts. And now part of that was me going, what is this thing? What is happening right now? <laughs> but tell me about this thriller fight and Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. Uh, what happened and, and why did it have your attention? So it was an absolute train wreck for sure. <laughs> but so I, when I, when I heard this was announced, I'm like, I'm not watching this. Like I, I know, like I, I know a lot of people that tuned in that I know don't even know who Ben Askren is. I know who Ben Askren is. And yeah. I'm like, I can't even remember seeing him throw a punch at somebody. I'm right. like, like, I don't think he's going to win this. And I, I just don't care. Um, and then I had, I got a, I don't even remember what I was doing, but I got, I was in a group chat with uh, a bunch of buddies and I, I must've been watching the start of the UFC card. Mm -hmm. And the one buddy said, Oh man, like Urkel and Snoop Dogg are smoking a joint. <laughs> and I'm Oh, I'm I gotta like, watch this. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, I had totally forgot that, that that the fight was on that night. Yeah, and um, and then he he made another comment which triggered it. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, that's right, Jake Paul or whatever. So I'm like, how is it? He's like, it's kind of hilarious right now. And I was like, <laughs> all right. I'm like, I'm hosting a show tomorrow. Let's check it out. Let, yeah. Like, let's check it out. And yeah. it was brutal. So the first <laughs> when I turned tuned in, it was um. Frank Mir, and I, I don't even remember the name of the boxer he was fighting, mm -hmm. but Frank Mir was fighting, and Oscar De La Hoya jumped in the broadcast booth, and there was like six people commentating on the fight. It was annoying as hell, yeah. and Oscar De La Hoya was out of his mind on drugs. Like, he, like <laughs> you could tell that that was not a sober human being. Was this before and or after he, drunk Ric Flair showed up? I, I didn't see Ric Flair, so it must have been after. Okay. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I want to... I want to fly out to wherever this event's being held and, and fight De La Hoya myself. He was so annoying. I, could, I couldn't wait till he shut up. And then, and then someone must've realized cause they, he wasn't on the, the, the panel after that. Right. Um, but so that's how it started for me. And then, uh, sorry, I'm just forgetting 
Pete Davidson was the ringside reporter. Hmm. So then he's interviewing uh, Jake Paul. And then he goes to Ben Askren's and I'm like, I was about to stop watching it. And then I'm like, whatever, let's, let's hear what he has to say. And Ben Askren, why he didn't, he didn't like him. And he's like, no, I like you. He's like, everyone on the planet is rooting for you. Like this, this, uh, this guy's a terrible human being. He sucks. And, and like, and he got really R rated in, in terms of his opinion of Jake Paul <laughs> as a person. So it's like, this is kind of funny that they're doing this, like in his locker room right before he's about to fight. So I'll continue watching. And then, Bieber shows up and he did four songs. He, he did four songs. And I'm like, I, I don't want to watch this anymore, but I'm pot committed. So I'll watch it. And then, well, then did this you pay for this? Like, no, 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 no. I okay. didn't pay for it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I would not have paid. For no. Okay. Well, you're somewhat forgiven here then. Right? <laughs> Cause this so was a pay-per-view. Like, yeah, it, I think it was fifty bucks. Yes. It was 49 goddamn yeah. dollars. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I was streaming it and at, as the time Bieber was performing, I think that was right around when uh, the UFC main event was going to start. So I PVR'd that on my TV because mm. I I had my I was watching on my computer. Right. So I did that, and then after Bieber performs, they go to this other girl at the stage, and the the audio cuts out. So I'm like, tell me there's not another concert before this main event. <laughs> and it luckily it was just the national anthem, so that was over in a minute or two, and then. I'm sure you guys saw the highlights of what happened with with Jake Paul and and Dad bod Ben Askren, who usually starts, usually fights at 170, and he's at I think he weighed in at 191. So you knew, and, and like I said, like I've, I don't even remember seeing him throw a punch in MMA. No, so, he's a wrestler, right? That's yeah. his deal. Like, so yeah, I was I was I knew Jake Paul was going to win. Yeah, his celebration was over the top for somebody who hasn't fought a boxer yet. Honestly, so I. I I want to ask Bunda your opinion here in a second. To me, and we keep seeing Jake Paul and being described as this pro boxer, and he's fought a YouTube star, he's fought an NBA guy, and now legitimately he fought a fat guy who never boxed in his life, who just had a hip replacement. I can only assume what's up next is a seven-year-old cancer patient he's going to take on. Is this is this going to become a thing where we're just prepared to watch people. We kind of sort of know fight. Like, can you see this becoming a thing Bunda? I, uh, I can just because it seems like there's lots of money in it. Right. Like yeah. that's the one issue that, like you said, $75 million put in, uh, I go back to what was it a couple months back when it was, uh, Mike Tyson and Oscar de la Hoya. Oh, God. Yes. Like, and, you know, you bring up Snoop Dogg, right? He was part of that. He was doing live concerts. You know, there's Jake Paul fighting Nate Robinson. But um, it just seems like there's lots of money and people are watching. And, it, you know, I don't know who he's going to fight next. I know that Dana White was, uh, I think he put his foot in his mouth a bit. He said something like he, he was going to put like 10 million. I can't remember the number, but he said he would put millions of dollars on Ben Askren to knock out Jake Paul. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg in the broadcast was like, you owe me $2 million, Dana White. <laughs> Yeah. And so, you know, Dana White ended up saying he never ended up betting anybody or doing anything officially. But oh, uh, yeah, I, I like it just seems like there's some kind of love for it right now. I mean, it's a pandemic and there's not a lot going on. So people are very much interested. And when you have the following that these YouTube stars have, I'm assuming that it's going to be pretty big. And Isn't the brother fighting Mayweather soon? Oh, really? No, they're- I yeah. can't imagine Floyd's got time for this without guaranteed of a big payday right like 
Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, but there was a fight with, I, I got her, uh, okay. I'll have to look it up here quickly, but, yeah. um, has Logan, either way, fought? it just seems like, yeah, I think he's fought more. Yeah. I, I honestly, I, I, I hadn't heard of either. And I'm not like, I, I realize how big they are. Mm-hmm. I, I realize now, but yeah. I don't think I did the, until now. Yeah, I didn't before know. the Nate Robinson fight. Yeah. I had never heard of Jake or Logan. No, me neither. I, I didn't know me who neither. they were. This is this is that thing yeah. that that Bund is about to go through where you get old and out of touch and you just have no idea what the cool <laughs> kids are talking about. Um, yeah, it, I wonder about this stuff, and you know we've seen it before. And the the Tyson De La Hoya thing is a great example where you got a couple guys in their fifties, but at least you're like they know what they're doing. I don't want to see anybody have a cardiac episode in the ring, but they're trained fighters, and uh, okay. Ben Askren, trained fighter, but not a trained boxer. Um, and so I need, before I give a shit about Jake Paul and before I want to hear him talk about being a pro fighter, I'd like to see him box a boxer, right? I was, um, was it not Tyron Woodley who walked, uh, like was in the corner with, uh, with Askren this weekend? I, I didn't notice him there, but I've I've heard a lot of people call out Woodley lately. Yeah. Um. And, and they are boys, so it would make total sense. But I honestly didn't notice him there. Okay. Like to me, that would be because this has done monster numbers. And that would be what I would if I was Jake Paul and and whatever this company is that they got going on. I would try something like that next, where you can go. There's some credibility there. I know they're talking about about Connor. Um, but I, I don't know about doing that next, right? To me, that would be the, the one after where if you want to keep making like Conor McGregor will sell fights. Um, and he's, he is a trained boxer. Like he's, he got exposed by Floyd Mayweather, but almost any boxer does. So to me, that's not a thing, but he, he can box. I, I, I would, I would save that though. Cause to me, there's nowhere to go after McGregor unless you're willing to actually fight real boxers. And so maybe you go Woodley next and hope that, that that pans out and he shows that he's competitive there. But to me, this whole thing, and I don't like to think of myself as this old washed up snob, although apparently I am. (laughs) This is just weird to me. I, 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 like you said, Creech, I barely know who this guy is. And all of a sudden, there are millions of people watching and tweeting about this fight and it just shows me how out of touch I am, I guess. He needs to, I assume he's going to continue this. So he needs yeah. to at least fight a boxer or if he's going to fight a, an MMA guy, somebody that has a, like can throw a punch. Like yes. he, like it's a joke. Like it, it's such a joke. So if he wants, if he wants to be taken seriously, he, he needs to fight somebody that could punch at least. It reminds me of uh, that episode of The Simpsons where Homer becomes a boxer. It's like, oh, is this, <laughs> yeah. is this guy fighting for a sandwich too, or whatever is uh, whatever's happening there? Uh, before, before we, sorry, yeah I, oh, yeah, I was gonna say before because I didn't want to forget saying this. Did you guys see or hear anything about the low blow? No, I didn't. No, oh no. my god, this I can't believe I forgot to add this to my story about the train wreck. So. Again, I don't know the name of the two boxers, but the co-main event featured two guys that were were both boxers, and um, it looked like one of them was about to to finish the other, mm-hmm. and the other dropped with a phantom low blow. <laughs> like, and, and he's so they they kept showing the replay, 
and the and the guy's glove glanced off like the side of his body and the guy's <laughs> rolling around holding his nuts on the canvas and they get a stretcher to take oh, him out yeah it was i was it was it, it was flat out the most embarrassing thing i've ever seen at a sporting event like are we sure vince mcmahon up, was not backstage oh, at this thing like <laughs> it was so bad i couldn't look away though i couldn't look away I, and I just think this is going to become a thing. I, it, it does feel like, you know, we're going to get celebs involved. We're going to have some concerts. And I get it. Like, uh, I'm out of touch. People know Jake Paul. I, I don't, but everyone but me does. So, you know, fair enough, I guess. Uh, I, I do. Uh, I'll be totally honest with you. I'm not even trying to be an asshole here. I heard about this a couple times on a couple of podcasts and, and on the radios. I'm kind of bombing away doing other things. I legitimately thought this was called trailer fights, not triller fights. And I, and I've kind of went, all right, I get it. Right. Like they know what they are and they're whatever. It's, it's going to be like a trailer park boy show. And that's what it turned out to be, but that's not what it was actually called. So, um, I guess the joke's on me and, and the world may have passed me by a little bit before we move into what's happened this past weekend and what's going to go on this coming weekend. Uh, why don't I hand this to you, Bunda first, I want to talk about the last time the UFC was on pay-per-view and that was, um, Francis Ngannou versus Stipe Miocic in, man, just a, a crowning performance for Francis Ngannou. Were you surprised with just how easily he seemed to take apart like a really reputable heavyweight champion? Um, I guess, uh, there's a lot of hype around Francis Ngannou, right? He hasn't fought in a little while, but, uh, since his last fight, uh, against Jairzinho Rosenstrike, I believe it was, yeah. but, uh, heading into Stipe Miocic's fight, the, the championship fight, um, he was just so big and such a monster and Stipe is, uh, no, no shots against him, but it just didn't seem like he was the same guy. It seemed like there was some kind of sense of fear, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was an intimidation. I'm not sure, but it, there was just some. There was something that didn't seem right with him. And he he said post fight that you know he was trying to get in there early. He thought you know maybe I can go toe to toe with this guy because I believe it was when in the second round when he yeah. when it happened. But he he ended up trying to step into one of his punches to get in close so he can you know outbox him in the middle. And it just went the wrong way. And he took a, a very nasty shot. Um, kind of felt bad. It, it was a great card otherwise, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess the big thing for me is, and it doesn't sound like uh, Stipe wants to have a rematch anytime soon. I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, so I'm not quite sure. It's unfortunate that that's how his uh, UFC career ended, but you know, uh, the way that they fought the first time just didn't seem this way uh, when they fought this time. It looked like, you know, and, and maybe this is just the easy story to tell that Francis Ngannou had learned a lot, right? you had this guy full of raw power and, you know, made a couple mistakes, very similar almost to the way we saw Brock Lesnar. The first time he came in, you're like, Oh my God, look at this freak. And Frank Mir, just a more experienced guy and not as strong, but knew what he was doing way better and was able to kind of tap Brock out and you go, okay, like just a rookie mistake. Yeah. And like a rookie (laughs) mistake. Right. And, and you know, the, while Brock was dominating, he ends up losing. I kind of felt that way the first time those two guys fought and all of a sudden Nganu goes back, gets some more experience and comes back ready to like really take on Miocic. Um, Creech, you checked this one out and, and were you surprised or did you expect this to kind of happen the way it did? 
Yeah, that's that's what I expected. I, I think I, I didn't really see a different Miocic. I just saw a, a different Ninganu. Yeah. Like I, I thought he was so raw the last time he had the opportunity. Uh, he didn't have a, a much to his arsenal other than than his sure knockout power, and and he just looked like he he was nervous stepping in that that kind of spotlight. But this time around, he's just devoured everyone. I I, I totaled it up before. I forget what it ended up being, but I think his last like three or four fights combined were like five minutes total. Right. And he just, man, he, it, it was, it was awesome. And I have a hard time seeing anyone stop that man. Yeah. And, and, and I'm hoping he fights John Jones and I'm hoping he stops John Jones. <laughs> that will be fun. And uh, uh, maybe you've already answered the question that Creech, I'm going to put it to both you guys before we move on here. And, and, you know, you guys can decide for yourself who wants to go first here, but um, what is, next because that guy looks like a monster and I don't know that I want to be the next guy to go. I kind of want to be the guy after the next guy, right? Who somebody show me something here where there might be a weakness, something to expose. What do you want to do next with Francis and Ganu? And you know, who, what's a good fight there? Like, what do you see happening? I really shouldn't do that. I should hand it to one of you. Bunda, you go first. <laughs> Um, well, I, I believe I saw that is the next fight for him going to be Derek Lewis. I believe uh, I think that Dana, yeah. yeah, Dana White said that, which I'm not sure how much Derek Lewis wants to do that because it's <laughs> going to be a five round fight. Right. Uh, I doubt, well, he, cause he says he's sick of those, but, uh, I'm not even sure how much he wants to be a part of that fight as well. Yeah. You'll be uh, sick of this one for sure. I promise you. <laughs> yeah. But this one's I, not I going five. Yeah. No. When I look at well, the way that the UFC division is right now. Until John Jones, which I don't know what I think he said he wants like ten million dollars to yeah, fight, yeah, or something like that, or twenty million. Like Get he wants a here. crazy amount of money, and it's like Dana White realizes right now, and you know this coming week is the first um, UFC event they're they're going to actually have like a real crowd, mm-hmm. um, other than like a couple of these VIP fans or whatever it is they had in in Fight Island, but. Um, you know, Travis I, I, Barker I think, and uh, what's her name? They're <laughs> sucking each other's fingers on paper. What is happening? What yeah. is going on in the fight world? <laughs> Such a good question. Such a good question. But um, John Jones is the only fight I think for Francis and Ganu that really deserves it right now. I look at that heavyweight division, and yeah, you can give him Derek Lewis because Derek Lewis has had a couple of decent fights, but I don't know how much that's really going to be appealing. Everybody right now wants to see John Jones. He hasn't fought in a while. He's moved up to heavyweight. He's been chirping fighters. He's been doing all this. I think it's time for him to put his money uh, aside and get just back in the octagon. Creech? Yeah, I want it to be that. He's already put the weight on or, or put a lot of the weight on. And and, and he's, he's clear. It's pandemic. We've heavy. all put the weight on, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's definitely true. Gosh. <laughs> but he's, he's cleared the light heavyweight division out more than once. And there, there's there's nothing intriguing for me. Uh, for him to go there, I want the super fight. I hope he wants it. I hope. I think he's just negotiate negotiating, and 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 hopefully they come to some kind of agreement. That that's what I'd like to see next. That that's a super fight. That's something I'd be super fight, uh, super pumped up to pay for. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the trailer fights. Um, yeah. We'll, uh, <laughs> let's take a Got look. Some at, good streams on that one. Yeah, seriously, honestly, and this is the thing. I I don't want to circle back to it, but. I'm clearly the one out of touch. I'm the only one on Twitter going, this thing's stupid. And everybody else. It was stupid. It was stupid. (laughs) Stupid and made millions of dollars. So what do I know? Uh, UFC 261 this weekend looks to be just loaded. And, 
you mentioned it there, Bunda. They're going to have some fans back um, involved. I don't know. I know things are different here in Canada, and I know Florida's a whole other world. Um, are you... I, I've watched a couple things here. We, I watched WrestleMania recently, speaking of fixed, obviously, but they had fans in an outdoor stadium. Would you be, are you surprised, I guess, that the UFC is willing to try and fill up a building here and, and you don't know, get back at this? Yeah, uh, no, I, I'm not surprised. It seems like, yeah, you know, not to get very political, but it seems like almost everywhere else in the world right now is a lot, uh, a lot more ahead than we are. Yeah. And I'm, watching like and you know as a Buccaneers fan right now I'm watching you know Bruce Arians the head coach have a golf charity event and there's live media there there's like a press conference there there's everybody's walking around without masks on everyone's vaccinated uh, all the media is there just showing them the vaccination card so Florida right now is just a completely different uh ball game actually it's always a different ball game it's <laughs> you know there's a reason why they have their own uh like Twitter account just Florida people and yeah, Florida man Florida yeah. man and <laughs> all that. So I'm not surprised. And you know what? It's it, like the UFC is like every other sporting it's event is um, they, they're hurting. And, and like I brought up with the John Jones situation is their, their pockets are, you know, they're still fighting. So they're still able to put on events, mm-hmm. but, and they're still getting eyes of pay-per-views, but you know, until you can get these, you know, the gate money, the extra money on top and start selling out events, it's going to be tough. So they're in a spot where they need to get some, some, they need to make some money. So why not? This is kind of a, you know, all around thing in, in all kinds of sports. Creech, like, what's this look like to you? If you were fully vaccinated, are you prepared to walk into a 20,000 seat building tomorrow with, you have no idea, 19,999 unvaccinated people, 4,000 people unvaccinated. Like, we don't know what the crowd split's going to be. But if you have your vaccination, are you ready to walk back into a full house for a sporting event? Yeah, that's, it's a good question. I like, I miss it so much. So when I am fully vaccinated, I I know that, oh man, that's a really good question. I I, I think I would, I would ease my way into it. I think, Mm -hmm. like, I I think that's the right answer is where I want to, I want to be a part of that so bad. I don't know if I dive into a a sold out UFC 261 in a place like Florida specifically, (laughs) um, but but I, I think I'd ease my way to get back up to that point. But yeah, that's I'm I'm excited to see it. And and like Bunda said, it's it's a different world, right? Where you you can go get vaccinated uh, in, in the United States yeah. uh, at ease. So and, and but it's like at a Burger King said, as you're rolling through the drive-through on the left, yeah. they're handing you your Whopper on the right. They're jabbing a needle in your pie. So you just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Like sweet. yeah, exactly. <laughs> that said, I don't know how many people in Jacksonville are going to be vaccinated but but I, i'm excited to see the crowds i'm excited to uh just see the the reaction to the swings and momentum i think that's that's part of what i've missed at, at the start of the pandemic i'm like i kind of like no crowd here because yeah. you can hear the corners and you can hear the smack talk and all that and you can hear the punches and but but then it's like as time goes on it's like well if this guy's fighting this guy there would have been olays or whatever yes. like the, the fans would have been supporting this guy and the walkouts to these legendary performers um, it, yeah, I, I've missed it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Plus I assume there's going to be a heavy, heavy, heavy support for street Jesus in, in Florida. Right? right. So, uh, looking forward to seeing the buzz. I, and I know that we're talking about, it, but I know the UFC, they're not totally like, um, like I think they're getting, I know it's whatever, but they're giving out free masks and mm-hmm. they're, 
they are doing some kinds of social distancing. It's not like it's going to be a full crazy crowd. There's only a certain amount. I think that it's sold out too. And, you know, you look back at UFC 260 and how great that night was with all the knockouts and yeah. how crazy the, uh, the, uh, the card was, uh, that main card was amazing. Yes. Uh, just how lively that crowd would have been and how much more would have added to the broadcast. And, you know, you think back to the last year or so of fights and how many great fights there's been and how much more the crowd would have added to it. So I am very anxious. Like Creech, I loved it. Uh, seeing, uh, these guys fight without, um, the crowd and hearing the corners, but I'm, I'm all about hearing, you know, some cheers to like just where the fighters can't even hear their coaches and it's just going to be rock, like rocking. That's yeah. what I want to hear. No, I, and I'm with you guys there too. Like when this first started, I, I'll be honest with you, I was sort of falling away from the UFC. I, I hadn't been paying as much attention. I would still buy the one or two really big cards every year, but I'd sort of lost a little bit of interest. And then all of a sudden in April and May, Dana's crazy as shit and he's like no we'll we'll just build an island or whatever like we're gonna keep fighting and i was like like, what is this guy talking yeah no i thought he was yes he did and i was i thought it was crazy but at the same time i'm like well all my other sports are off like i'm gonna get back into this and the first couple of cards where you're hearing the corners and you're hearing the impact of even these like checked kicks and stuff you're like oh my god right like it was incredible insight into what was going on but at the same time, as as it's gone on, you're like, mm, I'm ready, right? Like I, I've seen that. I'm ready for crowds to be back. I'm, I'm as you boys know, I'm a Leaf guy, and I went to GSP versus Condit at uh, the Bell Center in Montreal, and I was all in on the joie de vivre with the Olays when GSP mm-hmm. came out. Like it's just a different vibe, and the the crowd. Um, absolutely changes things in terms of your viewing experience. But as you, you know, you've kind of pointed out as a fighter, like to just get in there and have to take those shots and not have the crowd, like giving you that adrenaline pump is, is just a totally different vibe. So I'm ready to see some crowds too. I don't want to be in that crowd, but I'm ready to have that crowd back on my TV. It's kind of, I guess where I'm at with that. Um, why don't I hand this to you for a second, Bunda? What is your kind of take on the main event here? We have Kumaro Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. I don't think anybody thinks that Masvidal was necessarily the rightful, you know, next contender. We'd seen it before, and for some reason, I guess Usman didn't think he smashed him hard enough the first time called him out and that was a gift for Masvidal what's your kind of take on how this main event came together in uh, and you know your excitement level for it um I'm excited for it this time um like I'm a big Usman guy and, and you know I like what Masvidal does he's yeah. kind of just you know a street guy that came in you know he's out there with Kimbo Slice and you know he's <laughs> pumping him up and there's so much about this guy but then you look at the flying knee to Ben Askren right the guy's got a couple knockouts uh in his belt but i look at him and i i think okay like the last time these two guys fought it was last minute you know masvidal was holding out to kind of get more Mm -hmm. and he ended up taking the fight last minute but then he just didn't show up like he was no show and you know if you're gonna blame it on that last week okay fine i would have absolutely loved to have seen colby covington beforehand yeah um 
There's a lot of you know issues going on right now, I guess, with uh, what's happening in the welterweight division because there's really not a lot there for Kamara Usman. Right. He's kind of picked everybody off, and you know whether it's going to be you know Gilbert Burns, like he just fought um, and knocked him out, so it can't be him. Mm-hmm. Colby Covington sitting there at one, but he had a great fight. You know, the, like they actually had like a solid fight right. the last time those two fought um, that ended up in the KO in the fifth round. Like it was light, and he broke his jaw. Um, I'm okay if you want to say he needs to have another fight before he goes at him again. But mm-hmm. um, you know what? Right now, there's not a lot there for uh, a guy like Kamaru Usman. But if uh, he is going to fight, uh, I guess let's do Jorge Masvidal and do it right this time. Creech, do you think that this is a, you know, as far as Usman goes, he looked at that and said, Masvidal is good at selling fights. Like, do you think, is this a, I want to beat that guy worse than I did before or is this you know he's a good talker he helps Uh, Usman reminds me a little bit of GSP in the sense that yeah like really good really dominant really all these things but you're not a great like I loved GSP but he wasn't a great talker right like his charisma didn't necessarily sell fights do you think that Usman looked at Masvidal as a guy that would help make some money or did he really just want to get his hands on him again I honestly think that Usman is sick of hearing Masvidal and and anyone who's not a supporter of, of Usman talk about how he played it safe on on the fight on six days notice um, and and how did he not finish him? Right. Um, I, I think that's kind of got to him. Plus the fact that you guys just both pointed out he's he's kind of cleaned out the the top contenders in the division. Why not go to like Usman fought on six days notice because. Um, uh, his name's escaping me. He's on the next card. Gilbert Burns. But Mesvidal came in six days notice. Uh, I think he was 20, 22 pounds overweight, wasn't in a training camp. Um, and, and, and that was, that's his excuse. Mm-hmm. I think from Usman's perspective, he was preparing for a completely different opponent and, and now yeah. he's got, he's he wants got to say, no, dangerous. Yeah, yeah. With a full camp, I'll smash you. Right. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. And that's why I think this is happening. Um, I still have Usman, and I, I think, and I know he has said that he there's levels to this game. I believe him. I I, I think he's on a different level than everyone in the division. Yeah, yeah. I think we've seen it already. Um, so I I like him to uh, to win this fight again. Of course, there's there, there's an opportunity still sure. for for Mesvidal to win, especially with that kind of power and, and as Bunda pointed out, his his street toughness and all that stuff, but. Uh, I'm taking Usman. Um, Bunda, there's a couple of really interesting women's fights here on the undercard. Um, I'm going to leave it to you. Which one of the the two of them has your attention the most? Because there's a lot going on here, and I think there's a chance that a couple of these could be classics. Yeah, I love that that second fight that's uh, right before the co-main event. Uh, one, I love Zhang Wiley. I think she's just a monster. Mm-hmm. She hasn't lost a fight since her debut in the UFC. Um, she lost her debut in the UFC, I think it was in 2013. Um, it's so long ago, but she is just a monster up there and she's going up against, uh, Rose. Yeah. Rose Nama Yunus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that one and Rose Nama Yunus has been, um, I, I think she's really good one, but also, um, I think when she lost, a couple fights back when she she fought uh, Jessica Andrade, yeah. um, she just didn't look the same. There was a lot that was going on 
Um, and when she came back and she fought her again and, and she got the win, she looked and felt a lot better, she said. So I'm hoping it's a lot better fight for her. But uh, I'm a big fan of the way that Jang Wiley fights. I think she's just a monster and she's nasty. She comes in with those kicks and uh, I think it's going to be a great fight. So I'm looking forward to that one. Preach, what do you think about this title fight between um, Jessica Andrade and Valentina Shevchenko? Because to me, maybe just shy but Shevchenko is in that class or approaching that class with Amanda Nunes, right? Where, right, yeah, like, bang on, good point. Where you're like, I don't know, right? Like, I don't know who's going to be able to do this. I don't know who's going to take her down. But Jessica Andrade, certainly um, a capable contender. I'm intrigued by that fight. Like, how do you think that one looks? Is to me that one's as interesting as anything on the card. Yeah, that's I, I really like the, your comparison there. And I agree with you that Shevchenko has kind of put herself in that class. Um, I'm super impressed with her every time I, I watch her compete. Um and, and just just blowing like and she's doing it against some some legendary opponents yeah. as well. Um that I I have a hard time picking against her. I, I, I think I'm gonna lean with Shevchenko again here. I I, I her and I, there there's some there's some nasty uh fights here with the women on this card yes um like these these are legitimate and and just back to the other one um i'm 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 nervous for thug rose that's i like her a lot as a person and as a fighter Uh, she seems to have this attitude where it's not about the strap uh, or maybe there was a lot of pressure when she was the champion um in terms of the commitment and 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 everyone coming at you and everything and i I think she's kind of a different kind of cat when it comes to the mental side of that. Right. Uh, so I'm, I don't know where she's at, but she's going up obviously against a very dangerous opponent. And, but, but I'm rooting for her. I love her as a person, love her as a fighter. These are two really good fights uh, leading up to the main event. Uh, Bunda, is there anything to you like outside of those top three fights that jumps out at you? Like whether it be still on the main card or on the undercard, that's like, I, I'm, I really want to check that out. I think that's going to be underrated or I'm really interested in seeing how this person performs. Yeah. You know what? Uh, there's a Canadian fighting Tristan Connolly on the uh, early. He's the prelims. Sorry, he's the on the prelims, not the early prelims. Mm-hmm. And you know, I always get confused by which one is which. But yeah. uh, uh, you know, he's from Vancouver. Okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he'll be the first fight on the uh, the prelims. But he's fighting as Patrick uh, Sabatini, and he's from Vancouver. And he made his UFC debut a couple of years back. Uh, da, 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 yeah, 2019. He he fought um, and, and he won. But then he had a car accident in 2018, which, you know, was messing with his neck. So he had to have neck surgery. He hasn't fought since then. So he's back into the octagon. You know, he's 14 and six going up against Patrick Sabatini. He's 13 and three. But, you know, I'm really curious to see him. He's He used to be at welterweight. Now he's ha- heading down to featherweight. Um, so we'll see how he can handle that fight. So that does actually kind of uh, catch my eye just in terms of some Canadian content because something else that, uh, you know, I always look for on a lot of these cards to see some up and coming Canadians. And I know there's a little bit of hype around this guy when he, he last fought and, you know, he's been off for a while. So curious to see him back in the octagon and at another division a little bit lighter. Yeah, no, I've touched base with you a couple times before some of these cards and you're always able to go keep an eye out on this kid, or there's a Canadian guy here, or I think the last one was a guy fought a few times in Gatineau and that re- I think that's relatable to a lot of us right who hasn't fought in Gatineau a time or two uh <laughs> Creech why don't you tell me anything that uh that you have that's for sure yeah that you have kind of outside of those big three that's kind of caught your eye 
Well, it's for a different reason, but it's um, it's Chris Weidman. Like I, I know he's he won his last fight, but mm-hmm. ever since that that knockout to Luke Rockhold, um, he, he's been a different fighter, and and he's got five losses in his last seven fights. I just didn't, and he's gone up to uh to light heavyweight, and obviously that didn't go well for him as as Dominic Reyes knocked him out. Yeah. Um, I I just I don't know I'm. I, I was never a huge fan of his. I, I never disliked him or, or loved him or anything. I just, I, I I know what he was and it's hard to see him get knocked out all the time. So I'm hoping he doesn't get knocked out, but if he does, I hope that's, I don't know. I hope he hangs them up. So I, I, I I'm watching from a different perspective. Like I'm watching to see him not get knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> Stay alive. Right. Like, I think I think his last five fights or his last five losses I think were all knockout or TKO as Jesus. well. So it just it's been so tough since he's lost his title. And yeah, it, it's it's hard to watch uh, some of these guys kind of hang on and, and and still try to like and like I don't blame them. That's it's it's in them, right? Like it's it's what sure. they're doing and yeah. that's how they make their income and and they're like fighting is a different sport. Like that's that's in your kind of blood, but it's, it's hard to watch some of these sometimes. Yeah. I know a lot of these guys hang around a little bit past their prime and you kind of go, ah, I just, I don't want to see this anymore. And long after UFC, you were still seeing like Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell and like, please stop. Right. Like you, this is painful to watch now. And, um, let me just kind of, you know, as we, as we wind things down here and I'll hand this back to you first Bunda there, what is your, like to me, I think we talked about it the last time you guys were on, and certainly I've said on Twitter a few times and and on our show here, there was like a stretch starting in February where it looked like kind of five out of the next seven cards were going to be really good. And this kind of was one that, you know, even as just the top two or three fights were announced and we didn't have a full card yet, this was one that was like, to me this looks really good. What's your kind of interest level or excitement level or whatever on kind of a one to 10 sense? Like to me, those top three fights there, um, at, uh, the welterweight and then the two women's fights, like this looks like a really good card, at least at the top end where you want it to be kind of what's your interest level here and your expectations. Yeah, I'm sitting about eight, eight to nine. Just like I said, I'm, I'm very much interested in, uh, Usman's one of my more favorite fighters to watch in general. And Jen Wiley too, like a, she's a monster and, uh, like I have a lot of, you know, fun just watching her fight. So yeah, I'm right up there with about an eight and her nine. And that's kind of where I've been just uh, heading into it, but there's a lot of, uh, fights, you know, coming up as well. Like you said, that have been some pretty big ones. Yeah. Creech. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, Let's go. Oh no. 7.9. Okay. <laughs> You're that I'm dick real... on the price is right. He's bidding a buck or like. Oh what? man. I'm getting real technical here. All right. uh, I'm excited and I, I do don't get me wrong, I, I like I, I think they're big fights. Um uh the women's straw weight and the women's flyweight yeah, yeah. uh championship. I just I just feel like I don't know if I'm nervous for Rose and that's why I'm not as excited <laughs> about the whole card. And then I just expect, uh, Valentina to come in and, and take care of business. So maybe that's why I'm not a little bit higher than an eight, but I still, um, I'm, I think what's, what's really driving me to, to purchase this event is 
seeing a full training camp for Usman and mm-hmm. Masvidal, yep. and there's pure hatred there, and someone's going to come out winning, and it, it's going to have the total edge when it comes to the smack talk game and, and all that. And, and if it's Usman and he, and he goes 2-0 against Masvidal, yeah. what, what does Jorge have to say after that? Like, you, you can talk all the smack you want, but... Well, I think the better question is who does Usman fight after that, right? Like, yeah, guy just, oh, that's the big one. Yeah. Um, what do you do? You you've both sort of now hinted at it. Do either of you guys think Jessica Andrade has a shot at Valentina Shevchenko, or is that going to be a walkover? Um, I, I don't think anything's ever a walkover in the UFC, but like you guys said, Shevchenko is uh, you know her only two losses as of recent, I believe. Uh, we're both to Amanda Nunes. Like yeah. she is yeah. a monster that's been looking for someone to contend with her. And Andrade has been around for a little while, but I, I just don't see how she can win that fight. Uh, Shevchenko is just so much faster and just so much stronger. Um, and she's really set herself uh, away from the pack recently other than Amanda Nunes. And yeah. it's kind of like the next, like who does Amanda Nunes fight next kind of thing. It's there. There's certain couple of women fighters right now that are like, okay, who's going to be able to fight here? You know, if it's the same for uh, Zhang Wiley, if once she wins it, if she wins this fight against Doug Rose, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, now where are they at next? And it's kind of going to be uh, interesting to see what the UFC does with a lot of these women fighters. But for me, I think uh, it, she's going to have the win pretty easily. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Because uh, you guys both. Yeah. yeah like you yeah, guys I, both took the window to my sales. On the last Nunez fight, going no, you're out to lunch. Like Nunez is going to dominate this, yeah. and sure enough, I, she I, did. Don't, so. I don't feel as it's not that much of a landslide as it, as it was with that one. Like okay. that one, there was I was twenty out of ten convinced. Yes, Nunes was both were, and I was left <laughs> hearing about it on Twitter. <laughs> like I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely not at that level this time around. Okay, um, but I, but yeah, I think those two. Ah, clear favorite might even be strong too. I, I'm taking Thug Rose. I'm taking Thug Rose. Yeah, and, yeah love I'm it. Taking her to win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Um, last thing then I want to get to because this seems to be being thrown around quite a bit, and it's in and it's out. But it's Connor doing Connor things. Um, by all accounts, we're doing Connor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, the trilogy fight. Other than the fact that it'll sell tickets, like there's no real reason, in my opinion, to do this again, other than it's a, you know, it's a sellable fight. What do you, what have you made of this whole thing in the sense that, you know, Connor's in and then he's out and, and then he's back in and Dana says it's happening. Like, I'm sure it's happening, but at some point, Bunda, like, is this not just... Like how how many times can you go to the well on Connor pretending he's not going to do this? Like, did you see through this right away, or did you think there was a chance he wasn't going to go ahead? Like, as that one is building up as the big kind of fight of the summer, the the build appears to be something we've done before, doesn't it? Yeah, I get it. Like he's well, one you we don't know whatever is going on in Connor McGregor's head at any time. No, he just seems to be uh, out to lunch all the time. And, <laughs> He's doing these little retirements. Like how many times has he retired? Honest. Like 10? God, yeah. So that, that for me it's is a very Brett Favre uh, existence. Like, it's... yeah, well, it's, I think it's even, he's going to surpass him soon. Sure. Uh, but at the same time, I, I see why Poirier's doing that. Like Dustin Poirier was offered uh, a title shot and he turned it down for this fight. He realizes that if he can, you know, kind of put 
a guy like uh, Conor McGregor away, like what's next for Conor McGregor? These Logan oh, yeah. Paul, Jake Paul fights. Like, yes. that's, you know what I mean? Conor <laughs> McGregor is kind fights. of holding on to, yeah, he, he's kind of holding on to what he used to be. He hasn't fought a lot. And I think it was a big wake up call for him against Dustin Poirier, but Dustin Poirier is like no joke. And no. like I said, he, he turned down that championship fight, uh, you know, and they ended up giving it to Charles Oliveira versus Mike, uh, Michael Chandler. And, you know, Poirier should absolutely be in that fight. What did he do? He turned it down because he realizes, you know, it's going to be a good payday for him. It's going to yes. be in Vegas. They, uh, I think it, it was like the day after that McGregor said he wasn't fighting in it, where Dana Wade said it's on, and it's going to be at T-Mobile, uh, T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, and there's going to be a crowd there. I believe it sold out in like eight minutes. Right. Um, and, and that's what, like, that's Conor McGregor. Like, you need him there to sell things, and that's 264 in July. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But I absolutely see why he did it. Um, for me, uh, you know, for McGregor, like I said, it's uh, curious to see if he – you know, he's going to have that name and he's already had that, but I'm wondering if, you know, he's just, he isn't fully committed and he isn't in it anymore. And, you know, for all we believe, uh, this could be a for last, the last go for him until he's fighting these, you know, Jake Pauls and, uh, you know, main, event, main eventing WrestleMania 38. <laughs> yeah. Like, and he's, you know, he's got all these videos of him training and doing all that. So, you know, by all means, let's see what he can do here, but, uh, that's the next couple. There's a lot of good cards coming up and, yeah. You know, I'm a big uh, Cody Garbrandt guy, but he takes on uh, Font in, in May 22. But also uh, the return of Creech's guy, TJ Dillashaw. Nice. There's Corey Sandhagen <laughs> in May 8. He's not my guy. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fonda says that all the time. He's been saying that from day one. <laughs> I don't right. mind him. I like him better than Cody Gar- Garbrandt, though. That's for sure. Um, well, as I hand this to you, Creech, do you feel the same way that to, to uh, Poirier – he maybe just recognized the payday on a Conor McGregor fight where everybody knows that name before they know, you know, as far as the casual fan knows, you know, that maybe that's just a bigger name and a better payday than even the title fight would be. Is Do you kind of see that the same way? Oh, 100%. I, I was not a fan of, of this when it was announced, um, but I'm warming up to it because, like, I wanted to see... Dustin Poirier fight for the title and, and just have Connor go in a different direction, whether it was Nate Diaz three or, or whatever. I, I see. I'm I more into that too. Else. Cause Nate Diaz yeah. also isn't in the, the title pit. Like, let's just see some names. Let's just see some guys go at it. Like I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I'm coming around because, okay. and this is because of last weekend. I want to see <laughs> Dustin Poirier like, beat Connor McGregor again. Yeah. And then I want to see Connor McGregor take Jake Paul's head off. <laughs> See, I'd watch that. And I don't know who Jake Paul and, is, but I'll watch I know. that. <laughs> and I I swear to God, I was I like I watched all the, the press conferences leading up to Mayweather McGregor. I thought it was entertaining, yes. but I thought it ruined what Connor was in the UFC. He never ended up just def- def- defending any of his titles. Right. And it, and it and the money changed him. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and he's not the same guy or fighter anymore which is fine like he's gonna he i don't know is he closing in on a, on a billion dollars kind of thing like that, that that's totally fine what he did i just purely from like watching him fight and talk smack uh leading up to the fight like i, I love that shit yeah. um so now now i hate that that's happened to him looking back on it but if he loses to poirier what's he have left in the ufc right go fight jake paul and take his head off sure no and, and i would and for poirier too there has to be something like it it's almost better than a belt to 
you're pretty much disposing and yes. you know making uh, one of the one of the you know at his time when he was the double champ like one of the best in the world uh there's something to be said about you know what you're you're taking you're making this guy non-relevant anymore yes. the most relevant thing about him is his twitter handle in his in his mouth <laughs> like and there's something i think to be said about that and uh for a guy like Dustin Poirier you know let those guys Oliver and Chandler fight you know you take on McGregor you know, whoever you probably get the next shot at it. And mm-hmm. if not, you probably fight Gaethje and you're right there. Like he's a guy that's, Oof, that's you know, I think heading, <laughs> yeah, but heading, heading into it, like Dustin Poirier right before he took that fight against McGregor was kind of a guy in no man's land as well. That wasn't getting the respect. And, you know, he did so much for the UFC and he's highly, highly regarded by all these UFC fighters and his foundation and all the charity work he does throughout the UFC. And it just never seemed like he got that respect. And right. if he can do what he does now, do what he did against McGregor again, you know, it puts him in a different kind of category of a guy that, you know what, like, yeah, I lost to McGregor when I was you know, younger. And then what did I do with my last two fights? Sure. Maybe you took advantage of a guy that, you know, hasn't really had his head in fight in the last like three years. Like Creech said, he hasn't really been relevant since 2017 when he had that fight against Mayweather. He's, you know, he came back, he fought a cowboy and uh, <laughs> that's been kind of washed up and like, and, you know, love Donald Cerrone, but it just kind of seemed like that war there. That was kind of like a warm up fight, but then he didn't fight for another year. Yeah. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. like, where, where is this guy's real heart? And like Reed said, it's unfortunate that it seems to be money and, you know, getting into trouble outside the octagon. Yeah, no, I think that's completely true in terms of, you know, for Poirier, this is a business move, right? You, you totally, oh, yeah. You take that guy down and you discard him completely from relevance, but you make, you make your money off his name, right? And, and let him sell the fights, let him walk around and, and talk the way he does. Um, I think it's a no brainer for Poirier and the title opportunities will be there. I don't think it's, um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's easy to get through Gaethje by any means, but no. he's got a shot at it. Like he could, he could get that done in the meantime. Yeah. He probably some- doesn't even need to. He like he probably if he beats Connor, especially if it's in convincing fashion, he probably gets the first title shot. Yeah, I guess it depends on how and and we've seen it over and over and over in the UFC how serious they are about their rankings versus the 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 big money fight, right? And and selling a good main event. Um, you know, do they believe then that Poirier is the next guy? Maybe they do. I, I I'll be intrigued to see where that goes. I, I'm with you guys, though. I think McGregor is the biggest name still in the UFC, but nowhere close to their best fighter anymore. But uh, you know what, too? The other part of what I said about if McGregor loses, if he wins, yeah. he's back. Yeah. He's back. <laughs> 100%. And that's the thing, though. He he needs to win. Because, yeah. And like this is the thing where when he was... When he lost to Poirier, he's out there with the cane, helping him walk. He's shaking hands. Yeah. You know, there's the claims that he never paid Poirier for that because that was supposed to be for his charity. Yes, and that was supposed was. to be yeah. an exhibition fight. And the UFC is like, no, 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 you're gonna you're yeah, gonna fight on our card. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and for Justin Gaethje too, like another guy that just seems to always be on the, you know what, you sit on the side and we'll, we'll fight. You fight when we make you when we let you fight. And he doesn't seem to get all these all ultimate chances that no. he should get. Um, you know, you, you look back and yeah, he got that Tony Ferguson fight when Herbie, Habib Nurmagomedov couldn't fight. He ended up, you know, becoming that number one contender. He, you know, lost to Nurmagomedov and he's like, after the fight, he's like, yeah, I, you know what? I got choked out. I can fight and, you know, hopefully the next couple months. I hasn't fought since. Yeah. 
Uh, last thing before we wind this one down, and just because you brought the name up there, Bunda, will we, forever's a long time, and people retire a lot in the UFC. Uh, Creech, you first. Will we ever see Habib again in the UFC octagon? No. Wow. No, I, I think I'm convinced that he's done. Okay. I, I don't think there's anything out there for him. Before, I was, I was still pretty sure, but I was like, okay, if they can still squeeze in GSP it's, before yeah. GSP gets too old, then it's a, a respect slash legacy fight for for both guys. But I, I, I guess you never say never. And right. in the next year or two, somebody could make a crazy scene and splash, and maybe he gets the itch. But I, I Cowboy I think Stadium or something, hundred thousand <laughs> tickets. Maybe you could make enough money, you know, to make it worthwhile. We're Bund- back in his home country. Yeah. There, okay. There you go. There uh, you go. Bunda, what do you think? Are we going to see that guy again? I I always think that there's a there's a good chance. I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not saying that it's going to be GSP, but I still right. I'm not uh, I'm not convinced that that fight is off the table completely. Right. There's something there that I believe. As both fighters intrigued, whether they're training and they're getting ready for it, uh, they're kind of taking some steps away. I do know that Habib Nurmagomedov is really high in this Islam Makachev guy that uh, I think I brought him up last time yeah. uh, on the last card. And, you know, he, he surprised some guys and he went out there and he's a monster. And I think that you look at that division and what, what really is there for him. I don't think he wants to fight the Makachev, but uh, when I look at it, I'm wondering, hey, you know what, maybe he just wants to have, you know, that fight against GSP, but it just needs some time to kind of get back into it. Kind of like a, a John Jones where you set your body up and you, you kind of get into a spot where you're prepared. So I I'd say it's, you know, in, in terms of retirement, I give them maybe 65% yeah. retired. Yeah. There's still that 35% chance he fights again. I, think that's- I just think he's still so young and still so good. And he, he, he's a guy that as soon as he wants to fight, I think he could step in and he he can fight whether it's GSP or someone else. I, I put I put that you know when I look at that thirty the other thirty five percent I say that that you know about twenty of it is against GSP. Yeah, I think I'm with you there in the sense that he's young enough that a couple of years go by, I, I have a hard time. I'm in that same kind of sixty sixty five percent neighborhood where he, he's pretty young to be convinced that uh, that it's done. And I know I said. That'd be the last one, but just kind of as we wind it down, are you interested in a Khabib versus GSP? Because GSP has been off for a while. Does that feel to you like a cash grab or do you feel like that's a guy? Uh, I'm going to give this to both you guys, but we'll hand it to you first, Bunda. There, like, is that something you still are interested in seeing, or is that just a fight being, f- you know, sold on names more than an, any expectation of it still being a great fight? I think both. Um, GSP has earned that, I guess, respect of he can, and, and you know, one thing I do know is he he's constantly posting videos, and uh, you're hearing other fighters talk. He still trains. Yeah. Like he, he's still training and why is he training if he's done? Right. Uh, so that's where I kind of sit. You know, I know a lot of people that, you know, say, um, that are kind of talking about the fact that he's been training for a while and that he's had his size. I said on a fight against Habib. Now I'm wondering the, the final thing for it is, is, is it Habib, you know, wanting to retire or is this the UFC saying, okay, listen, this is, could yeah. be one of the biggest, <laughs> biggest fights ever. Right. And yeah. I think the UFC already kind of missed that Anderson Silva yep. versus GSP fight yep. that they wanted so much so many years ago, but maybe, you know, GSP said the only way I'm fighting that fight 
is if it's in Montreal. Wow. Maybe, you know, I'm, I, you know, I they're passing up cash there. That's a stadium fight though. Right. Like, Oh, for, for sure. For sure. And but unless you're going also, to the big, O, I don't know. Like, Yeah. I just think the money could be there um, yep. for buys, the name recognition, um, and just pedigree. Like I said, I think that uh, GSP is in that pedigree. And so is uh Nermaga Madoff. So I don't know. I, I, I could just be out to lunch and hoping for, uh, something that's never going to happen. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think that uh, the UFC watched that one fight with uh, Anderson Silva and GSP go away and uh, kind of something they missed the boat on. And I think that now that when you look forward to the, something that could happen, that that would be the one that I think that they both would want. Whether it's, is it in Russia? Is it, you know, is it going to be Montreal? Is it a stadium? Who knows where it could be? But I think that that's something that I think, and maybe it is Canada, and that's why we're waiting for these borders to be opened up. Yeah. Creech, what do you think there? If if this is going down at the Dome or the Big O and, you know, it's going to be GSP versus Habib and you're invited to the Talkin Audio Luxury Suite, <laughs> provided that you pick up the beer tab. Are you in on that? Are we, is that something you want to see and you want to do? Oh, I, I, I am all the way. <laughs> all, all the way in. All the way. He's he's my favorite. I'm uh, I'm watching... If he fights again, I'm I'm watching it for sure. If he fights again in Canada, I'm going to it. Yes. Um. I I don't think that's I, like I I think I think they tried to negotiate something. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it would have anything to do with with the pandemic or being in Canada. That like you said, it's a stadium show. Like that, they're they're jamming more than twenty thousand people yeah. into that fight, and um, I just don't think it's happening based on probably either negotiating in terms of. Uh, money they want to see, or or just Khabib just flat out being done. Uh, right. I think I think it's come and gone. I, I I think that they've had the opportunity. Dana White warmed up to it finally after after not wanting to see it happen. And, and maybe the other thing was maybe they couldn't agree on on weights because GSP has often yeah. said that he doesn't want to cut to one fifty five and go to where Khabib's comfortable. Right. He does obviously doesn't want to go up. He wants to go to uncharted waters where they both haven't been. Maybe catch weight like one sixty, one sixty five. I just, I don't, I don't think it's happening. Um, I think both of them would have liked to have got it done. I don't know why we didn't see it, but is that the I, biggest? I, yeah, I think it, I would see it for sure. Like I would. Is that the, sure. I'd be the nervous. biggest? I'm nervous now. Yeah, like is that the biggest dream fight left? Right, in terms of guys who are still it's reasonable to expect they might still be active and you could still do this. Like if you were going to pick two names out of a hat and go, that's what I really want to see. Is that the biggest one left? I think Jones and, and Gano yeah. would be huge too. Yeah. Um, I think Jones and Adesanya, if, if, if that ever comes to it, where Adesanya rebounds from, you don't think the to, loss hurts him there. I, I, I think it does right now. Yeah. Like I, I think you'd have to go back and, you got to beat some guys. dominating his current division. Yep. Um, and then, and then at a later date, you could do that. Right. Um, but yeah, John Jones is getting older too. Yeah. But, but yeah, there's some big ones, but that would be huge. And that would be my, like, that would be my favorite to watch for sure. Yeah. Bunda. Yeah. I think it's going to be hard to kind of beat that one fight in general right now. Um, also because there's just, the UFC is struggling right now for stars. Yes. Um, you know, Kamara Usman is slowly kind of making a name for himself, but still is very much unknown. You know, look at Alexander Volkanovsky, not very much known. Israel Adesanya had that chance and, you know, he lost to uh, uh, Blokovic and, mm-hmm. you know, 
that was a uh, very tough for him. But if he had won that light heavyweight championship, that would have been just so much. It would have just put such a big name on him for what he could be. And who, like, like Reed said, he would have fought John Jones. That would have been amazing. But yes. um, in terms of fights that are left, it, it is going to be it pretty much in Ghana versus uh, John Jones, uh, which is why I do think the UFC might be just a little hesitant to do that right off the bat. And maybe yeah. they are going to push it down a little bit and, kick the can for maybe a couple uh, of years. You year. wonder, right? Like they've risked that before and seen it go away. Like yeah, you wonder. Tough. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's only so many dream fights left. Guys get beat, guys get old. It, it kind of fades away. You just never know. Um, but that would, that would be the one I'm, you know, I think part of the problem and I, and we may have talked about this the last time you guys were on is that the best talkers, the guys who sell the pay-per-views are like a tier below the guys who are the best fighters right now in the UFC, right? And and so you're sort of in this weird scenario where you're putting your your guys who sell pay-per-views up against guys that they don't really stand a chance with, right? Whether it be Connor, whether it be Masvidal, uh, like Usman, he's he's kind of boring. Right? Like he's not a great talk. Jan Blahovitz, he's not a great talker. He's not, he's a great fighter. Like I want to keep seeing that guy, Francis Ngannou. He's not like this crazy yelling in your face like some of the guys we used to see. We're in this kind of weird gray area where I, we've talked about it before. I, I think the depth in the UFC has probably never been better, but the ability to sell fights with personality maybe has never been weaker. And that's an interesting <laughs> thing to, to try and contend with if you're that organization. Yeah. And it sucks too, because I remember just how many UFC guys back like 10 years ago, you know, and you have guys like Shogun Rua, but Leo Machida, mm-hmm. uh, you have uh, all these big time fighters. You have like Chuck Liddell, like uh, Tito Ortiz, like everyone had a name for themselves and really kind of made them into that situation. And, you know, they're just having some troubles, I think, turning over and building stars. Yeah. But uh, some of that I do put on maybe the pandemic and, That's you know, how hard it. it is. Yeah, hard uh, hard to kind of uh, sell a lot of these fighters. But When we don't know, this is a conversation I had with Kevin Mickey of Sportsnet not too long ago on the WrestleMania front. They don't know who their biggest stars are right now. They haven't been in front of a live crowd in, in a year. So have we made a star or haven't we? Does the crowd care or don't they? We they have no idea. And, and I do think the UFC is going through that a little bit too, just in the sense that the crowds do make the fights more entertaining to watch, but they do also kind of tell you like who your most popular guys are right now. And, and like, who does the crowd get behind? Maybe out of nowhere that you didn't expect. So I agree with that. I think Adesanya could be that guy. Um, I think he was, I think he was already becoming that guy before his, uh, his trip up to light heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the, the show that he'd put on with, with the dancing and, and yes. the flipping and, <laughs> and just how he dominate opponents too. And, and he, and he's got so much charisma. I I'm a huge fan of his, but, yeah. but you're right. Like she- you're not wrong. I think Sean O'Malley is, and you know, I've been high on him in general, but, yeah. uh, he's that guy that he, he has that he's, he likes to talk. He's got that crazy hairdo. He's got, he's covered in tattoos. <laughs> um, but he's constantly knocking guys out and yeah. having these crazy, crazy fights. And, you know, you lock, uh, look at his last fight at 260 against Thomas Almeida. And, you know, the guy, you know, he should, he should have knocked him on the first round. He just kind of walk, he likes that walk off and kind of bit him 
he had to fight a couple more rounds and he ended right. up knocking him out late in the third round. But, you know, he lost to Marlon Vera. Um, you know, he kind of broke his foot and wasn't very much in a good spot. So he wasn't winning that fight. I thought he was doing okay. And then that happened. But you look back to a couple of his, like, his Eddie Wineland uh, knockout was just unbelievable. You know, he had his crazy, uh, the ultimate fighter in Dana White's contender series knockouts. Like, this guy brings it. He's already got four fight of the night uh, performances of the night. Incredible. Kind of. yeah. Incredible. So he's a guy that I feel like in his last, you know, three fights have been not in front of crowds. That's a guy that would get people moving. Yeah. No, and I know I said like uh, four or five questions ago would be the last question. So <laughs> we'll wind this one down here. I love talking fights with you guys. You guys know your shit. You know your craft beers too. And, and that's why I loved having you guys back on. I, uh, you know, this is a, a rare stretch in my opinion, where you're seeing kind of month after month of, if not stacked cards and, and they know exactly what they're doing, right? It's, it's a stacked card on 259, and then maybe I'll be honest with you at 260, the card didn't look as strong to me, but it had the really strong main event. And then the card did deliver. Like it turned out to be really good. 261 again, loaded up with names. Like there's a really good stretch going on here. And I didn't want to tap you guys on the shoulder every single time there was one of these coming around, but, uh, I couldn't wait too long. Like this was one that 261 looks really good. Um, looking forward to checking this one out and, and was really interested to get your takes on it over a, a pint or two here. Um, let me hand it to both of you there for your, uh, social media handles and maybe final thoughts on your pint there. Why don't you go first, Screech? Uh, Creech underscore is where you can find me on Twitter. C-R-E-E-C-H underscore. Um, and yeah, my glass is empty. I need to go refill it, but I, I, kept, I, I that's a guy love. I kept too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Like I, I was thinking about getting a second one, but I, I'm picky about it being cold, especially when yes. I'm, I'm trying one for a new time for, for the first time. Right. Uh, so, and I, and then there was no opportunity for me to just kind of run to the, to the beer <laughs> fridge during this interview, but uh, no, thanks for having us on. Uh, love talking fights, love talking and drinking beer. <laughs> um, how about you, Bunda? Yeah, at uh, TSN 1200 Bunda, I've got a good sip left of my beer, this uh, Founders All Day IPA Session Ale that I tried for the first time. Uh, American IPA, not uh, not too shabby. I enjoyed it. A little bit lighter, but not, uh, I guess, it isn't an issue uh, right now. And uh, like uh, Creech said, always appreciate you having us on. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to target that UFC 264 Poirier McGregor 3. That's probably the next time you ask us uh, to yeah, come on. For sure. <laughs> I'm not my shot, but uh, I feel like the next, it'll give us a good break in between the next couple and uh, lots to talk about. And I'm sure, you know, the one thing I love about the UFC, it seems like every week there's uh, more news and more crazy fights that are being added to different ones. And uh, right now, I think uh, we're going to get a good couple fights the next couple months here. Uh, but especially UFC 261 uh, when Usman uh, cleans out uh, Masvidal for the second time. Well, I would love to do one of these and, and we'll see, right? Uh, we're creeping in the right direction as far as vaccinations go, as far as the, uh, the pandemic goes. Maybe one of these days we'll be able to do one of these, have you guys in studio, watch the fights, do a post-shite, uh, post-shite, post-fight show. <laughs> we'll see. You never know how the yeah. card's going to go. It could be shite. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But uh, that'd be something I'd love to be able to, to get you guys in studio as as things eventually get to a place where that's an okay thing to do. But uh, 
I, I love and talking. Your, keg's work, your keg machine is Yeah, working. no, I won't call you until the keg's working again, I promise. That's <laughs> that's a deal breaker, I understand. So um, really appreciate it, guys. Love talking fights with you guys. Love talking pints with you guys. So um, 261 is going to be a good one. Uh, they gave it their handles there. We will share them in the show notes as well if you want to follow along um, on fight day. And, and as we move forward, a couple of really cool guys to to follow there, especially if you're fight fans. Um, in the meantime, you can follow me much less cool on the fight scene, but I am around drunkenly tweeting on fight night at talk audio on Twitter and Instagram, as well as, um, facebook.com slash talk audio. You'd think I'd be able to remember my own social handles at this point. Hope you will subscribe wherever you're listening right now, uh, for TSN's Steve Bunda and Graham Creech. We will wind this one down here and catch you on the next episode of Talk Audio. It is over! Now that's a tasty beverage. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.